Our next witness is attending virtually, Sheila Lewis. Sheila, can you hear me? And can you talk just so I can see? Oh, there we go. There we go. So, um, Sheila, thanks for joining us. I'd like to start by asking if you could state your full name for the record, spelling your first and last name. My full name is Sheila Annette Lewis, and my first name is spelled S-H-E-I-L-A, last name Lewis, L-E-W-I-S. And Sheila, do you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? I do, so help me God. Now, Sheila, I, I have to explain to people that you and I need to proceed with caution because you're under a court order, aren't you? Correct. Um, In fact, you're basically under a gag order. Correct. So um, you can't mention the name of an organ that you're going to not mention but kind of talk about today. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And you can't mention the names of doctors. Correct. And you can't mention the location of hospitals. Correct. Or the name of the hospital. Right. Or the location, too, right? Or, or it's Correct. the name. Yeah, so, so we have to be very careful um, because actually you and I could be violating that order if we don't. But I just I want to be Correct. clear in, when you're giving your testimony that basically you have truthful information about your health condition and what specific treatments you need, but you are under a court order preventing you from telling your whole story with us. Correct. Now, can you tell us, as best you understand it, um, how this court order came about, basically gagging you from speaking about some things? One of the doctors in the transplant team in the lower courts, the first court case I had, uh, mentioned and stated to the judge that she had received... I guess a threatening email. I didn't see it. Uh, she didn't have it to show the court, I guess. Uh, but anyway, she stated she had got a threatening email and she was scared for her life, I guess, as she stated. And I guess they asked the courts to put a gag order to hide their names and location and uh, what we mentioned um, uh, against me. Uh, in order for to protect them. How many doctors are, are, are involved in this lawsuit? I believe there's five or six. Okay, so one out of five claims to have received an email that's not produced to you or the court, and there's a gag order covering all five? Correct. So without violating the order, and I'm... I'm going to lead you a little bit and just so that the um, people watching your testimony understand. Leading is where the question kind of suggests the answer. Um, And so we're just doing that so that we don't inadvertently um, violate the court order. It's a severe restriction on Sheila's ability to testify, but we don't want to violate the court order. So... um, You have a life-threatening condition. Yes, I do. When did that develop? Uh, It started in June of 2019 when I found out. 
Okay. And um, because of this life-threatening condition, you were told that you needed something. Don't mention the, or the organ, but tell us what, what you needed. I needed a transplant. Okay. Um, and, a and, double organ transplant. That's what I needed. Okay. Um, and I will just indicate for the commissioners that a copy of the court order has been entered as Exhibit OT5. So when you need an organ plant, transplant, how do you get on the list? By doing a very thorough um, series of tests uh, from head to toe. And when they say head to toe, believe me, it's head to toe. There's a lot of testing uh, they go through. They test all your organs to make sure they're healthy and in good working order. Uh, they test everything, your bones, your blood, um, your, your, like your bone density, your CT scans. Um, they do they do everything, everything you can imagine, they test um, to make sure that you will pass and be able to get through this organ transplant, which usually takes, they said, eight to ten hours for this transplant. Okay. And I, I, just, finish. I just want to make sure that, that I understand. So you basically have to go through an entire range of tests, basically <laughs> to lot. make make sure that your other organs are all good and you're strong enough um, so that you A, survive the surgery and then also, you know, it wouldn't be a Absolutely. waste of time. You would survive it. And your heart is a big one too. They test that. Make sure there's no blockage. You've got to go into day surgery for that. Um, if, and if there's a blockage, they have to put a stint in. And like I was told, if there is blockage, I probably wouldn't get the transplant. I had absolutely no blockage. And they said my heart is very strong. So, How? yeah, I was really, really happy when I heard that. I went through a lot of testing, a lot of, uh, I redid all the vaccinations as well, my childhood vaccinations. And how, how long did this it. testing take? The testing for my, like for my organs and whatnot and um, to make sure my body was in very healthy healthy condition. It took pretty much the year uh, time they did them all, spread them out and did everything. It, it took a long time. Okay, so you basically went through a year of testing to be able to qualify to get on the organ transplant list and the testing went well? Very well, yes, very well. Okay, so now um, did you smoke, drink or do any drugs or anything like that? I've never done drugs in my life. I've never drank I think maybe when I was 16 or something like that, I drank like beer or something and I didn't like the taste of it and I tasted it. I think back then it was like Kelly's wine or something and it was absolutely atrocious. Uh, so that kind of just threw me right off the alcohol. And then I had alcohol in my past, so not by me. Uh, and that put a big damper on it. So I just never get into the alcohol. Then I had children and I, I uh, dedicated my life to my kids and my work and whatever and uh smoking yes i did i smoked cigarettes but i quit smoking in 2015. okay so, i was just tired of smoking didn't want to do it anymore so um i just quit 2015. so my understanding is is that 
you were considered to be a very good candidate for transplant. Yes, they told me I was an ideal. That's the word they used. Um, one of the doctors looked at me in one of the meetings that I had with them in, I was pretty near said the location in Alberta here. Um, she had mentioned that I was a deal candidate for a transplant. And they said they actually looked forward to transplanting me um, because I was such good help other than the organ that I need. And uh, they said they couldn't wait to get it done. I was happy. I was so excited. I mean, it meant if I got the transplant and, you know, a gift of life that I was going to live possibly and further my life and, and go on. And it was, I was really happy. Now, um, my understanding is, is that in going through this process to get on the organ transplant list, they wanted to know if you had um, basically completed your childhood vaccination schedule. Yes, they did. They so, couldn't find my records. Okay, so tell us, tell us what happened, because that was one of the requirements. So tell us what happened and what you did. So they couldn't find my vaccination records from a child. So they called me up and told me I would have to get all my childhood vaccinations. And I'm, oh my gosh, that's a lot of vaccinations again. And they said, yes, but it needs to be done if you want the transplant. And I said, oh, definitely. So I said, well, just schedule them up and get, get them to call me and I'll go get them done. And that's exactly what I did. But it took a year. It took a full year. I remember we started it in January. Uh, I believe it was January 2021. 20, and in December, I got the very last, there was one needle that took three, there was three parts to it. And something telling me it's a hepatitis B maybe, or one of them, I think, hepatitis C or hepatitis B. Um, but anyway, it took, I got the last one in December of that year. So, cause they had to span them out every three months, seven months. So it took a year to get all my vaccination as from, from a childhood again. So oh. got them all done. Right. So my understanding is, is you were vaccinated as a child, but because yes, they sir. couldn't find the records of that, you consented to go through all those vaccinations again. Yeah, because I wanted my transplant. Right. Okay. Now, um, then the COVID vaccine came along. And can you tell us uh, what occurred with the COVID vaccine? COVID vaccine, COVID-19, they had told me that they called me up one day and they said they, it was just after it was rolled out, and uh, they said they would have to have a meeting because at that point they weren't sure if transplant patients needed to get COVID. Can I, can I back you up and just ask you kind of the position you took towards whether you were willing to get the vaccine and and why you made the decision that you did? Well, that goes with what they said to me when I get in the office. Okay. Um, so when they called me up and they told me they would have to sit around a table and, and make a decision whether transplant patients that need a, organ transplants would need to get this COVID vaccine. So I said, okay, so in a couple of weeks, they called me back and um, they said I would have to get it. So when I was in the office the next 
visited in the office, uh, I asked one of the doctors, he's actually the top doctor uh, that I see a lot or seen a lot of. And I asked him, I said, when he spoke about, I would have to get it if I wanted to continue on with a transplant. And I said, how safe is this vaccine? And he looked at me and he didn't even blink. He said, 100% safe. I said, there's no data. Hasn't even been out very long. There's nothing on it. We don't know anything about it. How could it be 100% safe? He said, it's 100% safe. He said he bet his life on it. I said, okay. So I went home and I thought about it. I told him I'd get back to him. But when I got back to him, I got searching in the meantime online. There wasn't a whole lot out about it. And I just kept putting it off and putting it off. And, uh, the more I put it off, the more I found out and the more I didn't feel good about it. It was just a gut feeling. Just something. So no, because I've never ever said no. I wanted this transplant so bad. I've never said no to them. It was a hard, hard decision. It was either, well, you either take it or you're going to die. And that's basically what it come down to. And I knew it was no good. They didn't even do the testing on it. They stopped all testing. <laughs> it's supposed to go through a series of tests. And not only that, a vaccine takes years to come up with a vaccine, a safe and effective vaccine. They certainly didn't take years unless it was done long before okay so so you had looked into it and you first of all you became suspicious when the um when the head doctor just assured you 100 percent safe and and that made you suspicious and then as you looked into it more you became more concerned um what what happened so they're telling you that you need this to stay on the list and and you weren't willing to do it. So what happened? I kind of guess at one point I said, yeah, I will. I'll take it because I was terrified not to get the transplant. And then I wouldn't go get it. And then when he called again, he said in a couple of weeks, are you, you know, did you make your decision? And I said, I just can't take it. It's not safe. I know there's, it's not. And it's there's so much coming out now. And I was at the point then when Pfizer was Pfizer was uh, told by the Supreme Court of Canada that they couldn't hide the secrets for 75 years or the data for 75 years that they wanted to, that they would have to do a dump every month. And that's when it started coming out. And I was researching the heck out of it all. And that's when I started finding things out. And <laughs> And I just says no way. And then in the lower courts, um, but I guess that's down after. I won't get into that yet. Uh, right. But anyway, yeah. So, so what? They they weren't willing to bend at all. No, not at all. It's either I take it, or I don't. They, that's exactly what they told me. Okay. Now. Um, was basically the problem is, is if you refused to take it, they would take you off the list? Correct. They said no transplant. Okay, now this is an important question. 
So tell us what happens if you're taken off the list. When I'm taken off the list, I go to status zero. And what happens when you get on the list first? You go to status one. That's the first step of getting on the list. They called me. They said, I'm on the list. It was like heaven opened up. I was so happy when they told me that. Then they put me down to stat, uh, put me up to status two. Status two is the highest you go on a donor list. And it means that you progressed and you need one right away, a transplant, as soon as possible. So when they take you off the list, they take you from status two to the top of the tier, right down to the bottom, which means zero, and you're inactive. They are no longer looking for um, an organ for you. Now, do you know, is it possible to really get back on the list again once you're taken off? Um, it is if you're at status zero, but it's not if they remove you altogether. And the only reason I'm not moved, in a sense, is because I have court action, like going through court. Right, okay. So, <clears throat> before we go into the court proceedings, because um, they just made these rules themselves, right? This wasn't a provincial rule, Correct. this was just a local hospital rule. Am I right about that? As far as they tell me, yes. Okay, and am I also right that some hospitals don't require hospitalization for organ transplants? Correct. There's oh. only two major cities in Canada, and that's Alberta and Toronto, that perform the organ transplant that I need. Okay. The other hospitals perform other transplants, but not the, trans not the organ that I need. Okay. I was told by my transplant doctors um, in 2019 or 20, early 20, that there's only two hospitals that does it, and that's Toronto and, and Alberta. Okay, so you're now facing a life and death situation because if they take you off the list and you go to a zero, um, likely you're going to die. Am I correct about that? Yes, I'm at zero now. I have been for a long time. Okay. So, but you start a court proceedings to try and get your ranking back. Am I right about that? Correct. Two years ago, yes. Okay. So, your life basically depends on the court proceedings. Correct. Okay. So, my understanding is, is uh, the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms um, basically stepped in to help you. Thank goodness, yes. Okay. Do you recall your lawyer's name? Allison Payevich. Okay. And Allison actually... Forgive me if I'm saying it wrong, Allison. I know you're watching. But forgive me if I said your last name wrong. Right. I think it might be Kojak, right? Yeah. Right. And Allison was a volunteer um, at a Red Deer hearing. So um, NCI knows yeah. Allison. So, so the JCCF basically stepped in to help you, likely without charge. Am I right about that? That is very correct, yes. Okay, and I just bring that up for those watching because it's important to support groups like that? Yes. So um, so that people like they, you have a chance? Yes. They oh. gather donations in order to help people like myself and 
other people that needs um, legal legal proceedings, uh, needs a lawyer. So they step in and help, and society donates to the JCCF in order for them to do this, to help people like me. Right, because you didn't have the resources to hire a lawyer yourself. No, definitely not. It costs a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Okay. And my understanding is this, you brought a constitutional case, basically arguing. I, I haven't looked at the pleadings, but I know you would have argued your Section 7 right for you know, life, liberty, and security of the person, um, amongst yeah. other things. So you guys brought a constitutional argument. Um, what happened in the court of now King's Bench? Basically, what it come down to was that um, they went with the Bill of Rights and they agreed with the doctors um, that I should get the vaccine um, in order to get a transplant. And they also agreed with the doctors to put a gag order on me. And uh, I lost. Okay. It didn't matter. Uh, it was no longer my choice, my body. Uh, I lost, plain and simple. They went with the charity. Okay, so you're basically going to court saying my life depends on this transplant and the only reason they're saying I, I can't do it is because I won't take a, a vaccine and you, you would have been pointing out that the vaccine is very new and the court basically said too bad you can literally, I mean the effect is you can die or take the vaccine. Am I That's right correct. about that? Okay. That's and correct. And if you took the vaccine, you still would be at zero and have to work your way back up. Uh, no, they would reinstate me. They would have okay. to reinstate me to status two. Now, it's the lower court that then also issued the gag order. Am I right about that? Yes. Okay. Now, your life depends on this, so you did the only thing you could do. You appealed. That's correct. Okay. What happened in the Alberta Court of Appeal? Pretty much the same thing, but the appeal and the court of appeals, they had stated the lawyers or the judges, sorry, the judges had stated that they didn't know if they could or should intervene. That's what was stated in a medical procedure from the lower courts. So they stayed with the decision that the lower courts um, made and dismissed but kept the gag order in place. Okay, so your life depends on them actually looking at this on the merits, and the court, Alberta Court of Appeal would have known that, am I right? Correct. Um, but rather than choose to look at it on the merits, they said, well, we shouldn't interfere and just upheld the lower court's decision. That's right. How, how did you feel about that? I was, I really had a lot of hope in the appeal, in the appeal courts. I really did, uh, the Court of Appeals, I guess. Um, I was hoping upon hope that somebody had a heart and some kind, I was going to say brain, <laughs> but they, some kind of compassion or something, but I guess not. Um, it's either, I was angry, I was very angry. But I also was angry when I seen uh, the minister 
of help from Alberta uh, when the decision come down from the Court of Appeals, the Minister of Health stated on Twitter that he agreed with the Court of Appeals decision to stay uh, with the, the charter for the doctors and and say I had to get the vaccine if I wanted the if I wanted the transplant. So Jason Copping agreed with him. So I was really angry about it. I was hurt. Um, I was scared. I didn't know what my next move was. All I wanted to do was to live. I didn't want to hurt anybody. And I didn't want to go to court. I've never went to court in my life. All I wanted to do was be able to breathe. And I did everything that the doctors asked me to do. I'm sorry. Um, well, take your time. And then some, I did everything in my power to do what I was supposed to do. And I didn't drink, and I didn't smoke, and I didn't do drugs, and I took all my vaccinations. And I ate her healthy, I've lost some weight. I didn't need to lose hardly anybody. They said I didn't need to lose any. But, you know, I did my exercises. I went to the programs. I did everything. All I want to do is live. I want to see my grandbabies raised. But it's not going to happen now. They just won't bend for no reason at all. They won't bend. It doesn't matter what I do or how hard I try, or if I have natural immunity, it doesn't matter. They just won't bend. So, so even if you had natural immunity, they... Uh, Which I do. Oh, so you've been tested. You've already had COVID, and you have natural immunity, and they still will not bend. That's correct. Um, they wouldn't do the test, I asked the head doctor in the transplant team to do a natural immunity test on me twice. And he refused. He said, they don't do it anymore. And I said, well, can you just file the paperwork with the lab, the requisition? Like, and I'll pay for it. I'll do whatever. And he said, I'll see what I can do. So I waited again. And in a couple of weeks, he did a Zoom call with me, and I asked him about it. He said, no, we don't do it anymore. I said, okay. So then a lady I know, name is Tanya Rollins. She's a wonderful lady from BC. She knew who Stephen Pellick was. Uh, he is the one who does the, the natural immunity test from Connects, and she got a hold of him. He reached out to me, long story short, he sent me the test. We did the test, I sent it back in. They did the testing three weeks later, come back, that I have high, he said extreme uh, antibodies to COVID-19. So yes, I've had COVID twice. 
but okay. in I just, the I, test. I just want to make sure I understand. So you, you have been tested. There's no doubt in anyone's mind that you have had COVID, you beat COVID, you have natural immunity, you have antibodies to COVID in your blood. Extreme high levels. He and said more so than most people. That's what he told, said on the report. And he said, I should not ever to get a vaccine because of, because I have such extreme high levels to, uh, extreme high levels of antibodies to COVID-19. He said, I should never get the COVID-19 vaccine of any kind because of the millions and millions of nanoparticles that will go through my, my cells and damage my cells. He said it would do a lot of damage to me. And another scientist told me about a spike protein in the vaccine that will do a lot of damage as well because I already have damaged, the previous said, I already have a damaged organ. Now, um, did the, how long does this gig order last? As far as I know, I don't really know a lot about the gag order, but I know it lasts um, until till I'm gone, I guess. I can never, ever mention. Okay, so it, it goes on until you're dead or something else happens at a, a different court because you've done the only pretty thing. Much. I guess if I have a new case with a different lawyer altogether and a different case altogether, I guess the new lawyer wouldn't have the, the gag order on him, but I have the gag order on me until I guess I'm, okay. I'm gone. So um, because your life depends on it, my understanding is you have applied for leave to the Supreme Court of Canada. Yes. For, and um, I'll just... My understanding is that the Court of Appeal, all three judges ruled against you? Yes, so all you, three. So you don't have a right to appeal. You have to actually ask the Supreme Court of Canada if they would accept your case. Correct. And so, that's the process we're now. And I guess my lawyer had mentioned to me last, last evening that uh, they are looking at the case now but have, have not made a decision. Okay, so so you guys have applied for leave to the Supreme Court of Canada, and you have not yet heard from the court whether or not they will choose to hear your case? No, not yet. And if they don't choose to hear your case, that's the end, isn't it? That's the end, then I'm taking off the list altogether. And if, like you mentioned before, if I'm taking off the list altogether, I'll never get back on because they won't put me back on. Okay, so, so they've left you on the list solely because you have court proceedings going. But if yeah. you're, if the Supreme Court of Canada refuses to hear your appeal, you will be taken off the transplant list. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. And what is your life expectancy um, right now without the transplant? It ain't long.
it's not long now. Um, I'm on about 25 liters per minute of oxygen. I have three machines, oxygen machines going. Each one is at 10. I wear two hoses 90% of the time. If I go just walk a few steps, go to do the dishes, I have to have a face mask on with a bag that holds oxygen so I can press it every so often to get a little bit extra. I can never finish a pan of dishes or whatever. I can't cook anymore. Can't make a bed. I really can't do anything anymore. I'm sorry. Don't you just you just feel useless. Don't be sorry. Like you're just here. And there's nothing it's like nothing nobody can do to help you. When you can't breathe. It's one of the most scariest, scariest things in the world. When you can't breathe. If you laugh, you lose your oxygen. And if you cry, you lose your oxygen. And if you move, <laughs> you lose your oxygen. So you have to be <clears throat> void of emotion of any kind because you're scared to lose that oxygen. And it's an awful way to be. An awful way to be. Because one time when you laughed, or you cried, or you reached out for a hug, you could do all the things. But you no longer can do it. Because you're going to not be able to breathe if you do. So help me God, that's all I wanted was a, it was just a transplant. I was hoping to get the gift of life, be blessed to get one. I didn't do anything wrong. I just couldn't take that vaccine because it was going to do a lot more damage. And I know it was going to when the scientists or the science tells you that it's going to. Why take it? It's going to do you in before the transplant is going to do you in. At least without the vaccine, you got to live a little bit longer. But with the vaccine, you're not going to at all. The science tells us that. Because my organs are already critically damaged. And the vaccine is going to do the rest in. So why take it? Well, I sure, we sure appreciate you sharing with us, Sheila, so that we can understand what you've gone through. Um, how has this been for your family? 
it's really hard. It's really hard on my boys, especially because they're the ones that see it every day. They go through it every day with me. They rearrange their life. So one of them could be at home at all the time. One in the daytime, one in the evening. They do everything. They've learned to do dishes and and cook, make beds, everything I can't do. They vacuum, they scrub. They're actually wonderful, wonderful, wonderful young men. And for them to go through every day and watch me, because basically what they're doing is watching me die. And it's got to be tough. And they never say anything. And they never complain. And they never, you know, give up and they never get angry. They're there 100% of the time for me. And what better children can you ask for than that? Unfortunately, I didn't have any girls. <laughs> I had all boys. I had four boys. And they're great boys. I'm blessed in that area. Anybody that has children, hang on tight. And don't forget to tell them that you love them every day because they're pretty precious people. Because you never know when the day is going to come that you can't. So make sure you hang on tight to them. Sheila, before I ask the commissioners if they have any questions, is there anything else you'd like to say? Yeah. These doctors, there's no reason why they can't give me the transplant. There's none. I have natural immunity, very high levels of natural immunity. As I stated, there's no reason why they can't. Natural immunity is much better than any vaccine ever out there. So there's no, to me, and it's just my opinion only, there's no other reason. And everybody has stated, scientists, there's doctors that stated in courts, there's, you know, the, uh, the doctor that does the testing for, the, for uh, natural immunity, they've all stated, I cannot have this vaccine. So what's stopping them? Your guess is good as mine. But there's something evil in this world, or in this country even, that's happening. And I know a lot of people don't agree with me, and I'm sorry if you don't. But for the love of God, look at the science. But these doctors, for whatever reason, they won't bend. And I pleaded with them, and I've asked them to please give me this transplant, or at least try to look for the organ that I need. And I always said they were great people. They really were. They were great doctors. And what happened, I don't know, surrounding this vaccine. I have lots of questions, but there's no reason why they won't give it, so why won't they? There's, there's not science there's no science surrounding the fact that they won't give it to me. There's something else 
wrong here. And it comes from the top, and I know it does. Uh, I mean, doctors are losing, and nurses are losing their license if they speak out about it. I mean, when does that ever happen in history? No. Something's wrong, and something's got to be fixed fast. There's a lot of people dying, and it's not just me. I'm not the only one that was refused to transplant because they chose not to get a vaccine. There's a lot of people in Canada, and I always said I was fighting for them because they deserve to get their transplant just as much as I do. Whether it's, doesn't matter what organ it is. Dear God, there's a lot of people that need help. And I feel for every one of them. Because I know what I'm going through and they're going through the same damn thing. They need help, they need a lot of prayers. Whatever these doctors are doing, you're evil. There's no other word for it, you're evil. To let people die for no reason. I always thought a doctor took their oath, the Hippocratic oath, do no harm. Well, there's not a lot of harms going on. And I'm gonna plead with you, please. Please, for the love of God, give people their transplants. They're not asking for anything else. They just want the gift of life. If it's there and it's possible, please give it. I don't want to die. God help me. I'm so sorry. Don't don't be sorry. Huh? One thing I said I wasn't going to do was this when I come on. But I guess when you talk about it, motions unfortunately get in the way. But we, we appreciate your honesty. I'll ask the <clears throat> commissioners if they have any questions. Sheila, you have a purpose. And it's difficult as... As this may seem right now, you are standing in the gap for every other Canadian who is experiencing the same and standing up and fighting for justice and compassion in our country. Your testimony is a reminder that our government has lost, has forgotten how to govern. Your testimony is a reminder that our courts have lost their way in terms of justice. I don't know if you heard the woman here, but and she's in the audience, and she said that we are praying for you in the name of the Lord Jesus, and we are. Keep looking up. And know that your testimony has given us a further purpose at the National Citizens Inquiry to continue to share the real-life experiences of Canadians 
You matter. Thank you for your testimony. Thank you. And thank you for your prayers. <clears throat> Sheila, there, um, there aren't any more questions. And um, uh, the room is, is full and there's people watching you live online. <clears throat> and I think I could safely say that every Canadian watching is very ashamed to be a Canadian right now. And on behalf of the National Citizens Inquiry, we sincerely thank you for testifying and you will be in our prayers. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak on the National Citizens Inquiry, John. And thank you for everything you guys have done. I appreciate it. And uh, stay safe. Go home and hug your family. <laughs> You can't see, but there's a standing ovation for you, Sheila. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks again, Sheila. We God bless the people in Canada. God bless you.